Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And Kieran, it is the queen that lays the eggs. Mm, isn't that always the way? <laughs> and if you didn't want to know that, you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Yeah, you completely spoiled ants for everybody. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry everyone. I was going to see it right after I walked out of A Bug's Life, mm. since for some reason those two movies came out at the same time. Yes. It's coincidence, I think not. But we're not here to talk about uh, animated movies from the early 2000s. Today we're going to be instead talking about a potential sequel for E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Now, typically what we do on this show is we look at all the promotion material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. But this week, you've joined us for one of our special episodes. As I said already, we're coming up with a potential sequel plot for E.T. And I just want to point out as well, in cinemas right now is DC League of Super Pets, which we have not covered but since Tell me Matty D it. was so, like, he was so heartbroken that we didn't cover it, I'm going to insist that Matty D goes out and watches uh, DC League of Super Pets and comes back and tells us how it is. No, I, I'm was not it going what he was to, expecting? out of protest, because we didn't cover it in the show. No, I think you should go and see it in protest. <laughs> <laughs> in protest, go see the movie and then come back and, and say, like, and well, I-, I thought this was going to happen in the movie. <laughs> But then it turned out that it wasn't that at all. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I, I would have predicted that movie from start to finish. I'm sure you would say Prove that. me wrong. But let's talk about movies that people actually like. Let's talk about E.T. So, if you're not familiar with E.T., it's a movie about... How would you describe E.T. in one sentence? It is the first A Boy and His Alien movie. Pretty much. So, it's about an alien that comes to Earth and a Befriends boy, a small child. Small child. And his siblings. And for a while, the child is hiding the alien from his family, his from mother. his mother, yeah. Um, and then they, he decides that it's time for E.T. to go home. Yeah, it's about their relationship. They build a telephone and E.T. gets picked up by his folks and, and leaves. It kind of invented, whole invented a whole trope of movies, I feel, especially in the 80s. Yeah, it really turned the, the public perception of... It sort of did the opposite of what Jaws did. You remember how when Jaws came out, appropriately enough, both directed by Steven Spielberg, when Jaws came out, if you remember... Everyone didn't know that much about sharks, but then, of course, there was this huge sort of push for like, oh, sharks are really dangerous man-eaters, and they're already endangered at that point, and it just didn't help their image at all. But the public perception of aliens by 1982 was that they're always scary, they're always monsters. Ever since the They're the bad guys. They're always the bad guys, but this sort of changed the whole idea of like, what if the aliens could be good guys? I mean, that was already the case with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which, of course, again, was a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, but those characters were mysterious yeah. still. There was, like a little, there was a hint of danger, even though yeah, they weren't bad guys. Right. There was a hint of danger. Not with E.T., There was a though. hint of menace with Close Encounters that wasn't in E.T. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We can get into our histories, but yeah. There, there's something about E.T. There, there is a little bit of a darker edge to E.T. that we can discuss, but nowhere in the same way that, like, other alien movies at the time or beforehand were, and, and definitely not as uh, ominous as Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Did you know that E.T. actually beat Star Wars as the highest grossing movie of all time? I did not. And it wasn't until 1993 when Jurassic Park came out, also directed by Steven Spielberg, that it was beaten. He was a superstar back in those days. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. He was untouchable at this point. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, he was touchable, which is why he made E.T. <laughs> so, Steven Spielberg actually needed a hit at this point, I believe. So really? he'd already done. Had he already done Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't know when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. I think he out, did, right? He'd just done uh, 1940, or was it 1941? It was 1941. That's right. So he made a comedy movie about World War Two called 1941, which flopped. Right. I think that came out in 1981, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, he was basically in movie jail after that point because it was a huge, <laughs> huge budget movie which just failed. And then, of course, he followed that up with ET, which of course was the highest-grossing movie Boom. of all time for over a decade. 
So, yeah, he was back on top, and that's when he became untouchable because, of course, E.T. was nominated for nine Academy Awards and won four of them, which is incredible. Yeah. So, Matty D, I've got to know, what is your history with E.T.? So, first time I watched E.T., I was at somebody's house. I was a child. I was at mm-hmm. somebody's house. I can remember it vividly. You were like a sleepover or something. No, no. This was during the day, and they had E.T. on the TV. I'd never heard about it. I didn't know anything about that movie, and I sort of caught a glimpse of what was happening on the TV, and I just got so invested in the movie that I watched as much of it as I possibly could. Mm. Did you come in halfway leave. through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the start of it, but I kind of worked out what was going on, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I was like crying in bits. I was like, what? what is this movie? I've never seen it before. I've never heard about it. And I must have watched it after that point, and I loved it. It was my favorite movie for a very long time. Oh, really? I remember watching it at school, loving it. And I've and I got to be honest, I haven't watched it for recently? a very long time. I haven't watched it recently. No, wow. I, I wanted to watch it for the show, but y- you know what my life is like these days, Kieran. It's kind of a train wreck. I haven't had any time at all. But uh, I have a lot of fun memories of this movie. It was my favorite movie as a child for a very, very, very long time. And that's it? Yeah. That's oh, I oh, oh I, I would be, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the famous video game that I oh, tried to seek right. copies of that looked amazing. The Atari game. <laughs> Considered one of the worst <laughs> games ever made. Yeah. To the point where they made so many copies that they couldn't sell that they ended up dumping them in <laughs> landfill. I thought that was a rumour. I thought that was a myth. That's true. Is it's it true? true. Yeah, they, they did an investigation in 2014. That's right. I did research on t- in this as a part of my research for this show. In 2014, uh, they did uh, an investigation into that into the rumours, which at that point everyone thought was an urban legend that all these cartridges were dumped. But they did an investigation, got some uh, bulldozers out there in the middle of uh, the Arizona desert or wherever it was, and they uncovered so many cartridges. In fact, I think they found, uh, I think it was 1,400 cartridges that they were able to restore right. and put into a museum. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, there were thousands of them there, and it turned out to be true. It was always a rumor, but it turned out to be true. But yeah, my history with E.T., quite like you, I was, I think it was at my house. Uh, I was with my dad, and then E.T. was just on the TV in the middle of the day. No way. And the funniest thing was, we came in at the part where E.T. was like lying in the gutter, dying. Do you remember that bit? When uh, Elliot's Is older that when brother he gets sick, or yeah, when he gets sick, Elliot's older brother goes out looking for ET and he can't find him anywhere. Yes, that's right. And then he yeah. goes to like a storm drain, and ET's like lying at the bottom of the storm drain in a in a puddle of water. Yeah, with his eyes closed, with raccoons like trying to eat him. <laughs> that was the point where I came in. I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then, of course, the next portion of the movie is like they take ET home and he's lying on the bathroom floor dying. Yeah, and as is Elliot. And so I was really freaked out by that. Of course. And then at that point, like the scary NASA men come into the house and start harassing them, if you remember. Yeah, so yeah. I was terrified. And I was like, I do not want to watch this movie anymore. Let's please change the channel. I don't want to watch it. But my dad was like, oh, but it's a, you know, it's a family movie. You don't have to be scared. But I'm like, it doesn't look like it to me. It looks way too scary. So I put off watching E.T. for a couple of years. So it wasn't until I was about six or seven. Did every movie traumatize you Pretty when you were much. a kid? Pretty much. But yeah, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. In fact, when I rewatched E.T. for this episode, I noticed at the start of the, the movie, there was a little warning on the side saying like some scenes will be too intense for oh, younger viewers. Oh, that wasn't around when I was young. Guess we were tougher back then. Yeah, maybe there well, was- Oh, no, like- we weren't listening to your story. Yeah. <laughs> There was like a rating on the front of the box that I think said the same thing. That was intense. Those scenes were intense, but I think because everything turned out all right in the end, you could get through it. Yeah, pretty much. But I was just seeing it out of context. I was only seeing the scary scenes and none of the fun scenes. Yeah. So I wasn't even like connected to the E.T. character. So to me, it just looked like this boy was riding his bike and he just found this random dying alien in the river, which he took home. (laughs) 
So that's that's all the context that I had. <laughs> Saved him from being eaten by raccoons. But yeah, I ended up watching the movie later and I really enjoyed it. And in fact, I even got the novelization of the movie. Oh. So I actually had the book and I would pour over the book. I, in fact, read the book way more than I ever saw now, the movie. Was, so the book was written, like one of those books written after the movie. That's right, was it that's just right. pl- beat by beat the plot of Pretty the Pretty much, but it was longer. They went into more detail with stuff. There were scenes in it that weren't in the movie. Cool. That ended up being restored later on. And it gave me sort of more insights into the characters, like stuff that I couldn't understand in watching the movie as a kid made more sense when reading the book. Do you have an example? For example, I didn't realize that the character was called Keys. Peter Coyote's character. Who I didn't like the- know that until you mentioned it in the show a few... We were talking about yeah, E.T. Right. We mentioned E.T. and you mentioned the character Keys. I instantly knew who you were talking about because yeah. it makes sense, but I was like, oh, I never... They refer to him as Keys in the book. And so I've always just referred to him as Keys, right. but most people don't even know that he has a Well, name. he was just a guy, right? But yeah, you always right. saw his Keys, so it makes sense. Did you notice as well, this is something I only noticed this time around watching the movie, that for the most part, with the exception of Elliot's mum and then a few sort of scientists towards the end of the movie, and of course Keys... You don't see any adults' faces in the movie. You yeah, only, I mean, you see everything even, from the children's point even, of view. Even the teacher, you just see his hand, right? That's right. Come out. You only see the teacher's hand, or the like, FBI agents, or whatever they are. They're government agents who are investigating ET. You never see their faces until the end of the movie. Yeah. So whenever the, the movie wants you to focus on the adult characters, it'll show their faces. But when it's sort of from the children's point of view, you don't see any adults' faces beyond their mum, who of course is you know part mm-hmm. of the family. There's there's someone that they know intimately, so of course they're going to show her face. Yeah. But everybody else, you don't see their faces. Cinematically, this movie is genius. Yeah. I think oh man, rewatching that. it, I was like, this is a brilliant looking movie. It's got a fantastic. Score score by he, John Williams. He really does deserve his praise. Like, t- t- telling a story visually, you know. And of course, uh, one of the Academy Awards that this movie won was that John Williams won it for best original oh, score. The score is incredible. It's fantastic. I especially love the part when whenever Keyes shows up on screen, he's got like this Darth Vader-esque theme that <laughs> follows him around, which I absolutely loved. anyway, another part of my history was that, you remember when I was a kid, I went to Universal Studios back in 1997? Of course. I don't think it's there anymore. No, it is still there. It's in Universal Studios, Florida. They actually had an E.T. ride at Universal Studios, which involved you. In in fact, the ride starts with Steven Spielberg being like, oh, you've got to help out E.T. His planet's dying. You've got to take E.T. back to his planet via bicycle. That's right. You ride your bicycle into space. So you like pedal around? Yeah, you actually get onto a bike. And you're like running along the ground and like cars come out and you dodge the cars and you're riding through a forest. And then like you take off up into the sky over a cityscape and then go into space back to E.T.'s planet. Oh, man. I would have loved that. Yeah, it was fantastic. I didn't even realize that like we weren't on real bikes. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I was young enough. I was about seven or eight at the time. But yeah, the, the bikes lift up and I was so surprised that the bikes like lifted up into the air and we were flying. And then at the end of the ride, at the very, it should have been a giveaway, but I was a kid and I didn't notice. But at the start of the ride, they give you like a a ticket with your name on it. They say, oh, you've got to have a passport to go into space. (laughs) So what's your name? They check, they check your documents. Give us your name, give us your age. Do you have any fruit? You can't go into space. They just take your first name and say, and they give you a little like ticket with your name on it. Right. And you, you know, you put that in your pocket, like, cool, I get to go into space. Kieran gets to go into space. And then at the very end of the ride, when everything's like finished, when ET's planet's all fine, because he's gotten back there and he's healed everything. When you get back, E.T.'s like waving at you and he goes, thank you, Kieran. (laughs) And I was like, how did E.T. know my name? Because you're friends. You have that like connection like he had with Elliot and you saved his planet. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, 
But it's one of those things, you know, when you go to a theme park, one of those like really elaborate detailed theme parks like Disneyland, yes. Universal Studios, Movie World, like we have here. You believe everything when you're a kid. You're like, everything that happens on the ride, for better or for worse, you think is real. The characters are real. You're like, oh my God. And back in the early 90s and That's in Woody. the late 80s, yeah. the, the theme for every single ride you'd go on is, oh my God, something's gone wrong. You have to save us. And yeah. It was always like, I'd be traumatized. I'm like, why is it up to me? Every time I, something goes wrong in all these rides. I don't want to go on any of these rides because everything goes wrong. The Batman ride. Oh, man. The Back to the Future ride in Universal Studios. <laughs> Biff steals one of the time machines and Doc Brown is there and he's just like, you've got to go stop Biff from r- destroying time and space. It was incredible. And there was a Gremlins ride that we had here in Australia. Oh, yeah. And the whole Gremlins ride was so mean-spirited. We'll get back to E.T. in a, in a sec, I promise you. Right. But uh, this is related to my E.T. You know, experience. The Gremlins ride here in Australia was you're sitting down in a movie theater. That's the waiting. That's the queue for the ride. Oh, because that happens in the movie. Hey, okay, yeah, get go. You're go. sitting in the movie theater, and then suddenly, like Gremlins, like ruin the movie. So we're watching like classic movie clips, and then suddenly, like the the film burns up on screen, and then you mm. see like the silhouettes of uh, the Gremlins laughing, and then like uh, a policeman bursts into the room. And it's like, oh my god, this cinema's been invaded by Gremlins. You guys have to get out of here. And like I said, I thought it was actually happening. And they put you in like these little golf carts, which were, you know, part of the ride. And they take you through like the, where they keep all the film reels in the back rooms of the cinema. And there's just all these gremlins like swinging off lights, throwing film reels around. Love and it. I was traumatized. I never got over it. That, <laughs> that sounds like fun. I was about three or four at the time. Oh, uh, okay. Though. So you're like, it's real. Yeah, I the thought it was real. real. I didn't think the E.T. ride was real. Because you didn't was- think he was really saying, thank you, kid. Well, I wanted to know how they knew my name. <laughs> but obviously, I worked it out a little bit later on because I was like, well, I did give them my name at the start of the ride. So, continuing my history as well. If you remember in 2002, they released the 20th anniversary edition of E.T. I actually went and saw that in the cinema. Oh, really? Yeah. It must have flew by me. So, that was the one where they went in and made a whole bunch of CGI changes to the movie. Boo. So. So, the, for the most part, well, not for the most part, for about seven minutes worth of footage, E.T. is replaced by a CGI version. Oh. And they use a lot of CGI to, like, make his face more expressive. Right. I didn't think there was anything wrong. Rewatching the movie the other night, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the animatronics that they used in the original movie. I don't. I think it looks great. Yeah, I think it still held up. Because I, mean, I, I watched the original version. It's still, like, I think it's, I've seen a few scenes for this show, but, like, it's it's dated, obviously. Yeah. I think it holds up better than some movies. Yeah, absolutely. Over the last five years. I tell you what, the original effects hold up better than the CGI that they used in the 20th anniversary edition. Okay. Another thing they did in the 20th anniversary edition, I'm surprised you don't know about this is that they replaced all the guns in the movie with walkie-talkies. Yeah, you spoke about it in the show. And I remember watching that version now that now that you mention it. So, And that one had additional scenes. Like, there's a scene where E.T. is in the bath and we learn that he can breathe underwater. Oh, really? So, that's a power that nobody ever knew until that there point. You go. Well, he had, he didn't really need to use it. At least it makes sense for him to go to a water-based planet than... than um... Yeah. He's from a... Oh, you mean, like, to Earth. Yeah. It makes more sense than yeah. the aliens from Science, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, that does make more sense, but anyway... <laughs> They also made Elliot's cape billow when he's riding the bike because, you know, on the famous, like, Amblin Entertainment logo, yes. you see Elliot on the bike with E.T. in the front and he's got, like, a cape yeah, blowing yeah, out yeah, behind yeah. him. That's in iconic. The, in the original movie, that never happens. Never happens. His cape doesn't billow. His cape doesn't billow. So, he's just riding past and it looks like he's just wearing normal clothes. Okay, right. He's a- he is actually wearing a cape as a part of his Halloween costume, but it wasn't until the 20th anniversary edition that they actually made the cape billow in the movie. Well, thank God. Because that took me out of the movie, I think. And one last thing related to my history with E.T. is I also saw Mac and Me. Do you remember the movie Mac and Me, well, which is like I, the first rip-off movie of uh, E.T.? Of, uh, my knowledge of Mac and Me is the Paul Rudd gag where he goes on uh, Conan, Conan O'Brien, O'Brien yeah, and shows that video every time. You watch that movie? I've seen that full movie. 
And I've actually seen it a couple of times. Uh, why? It's it's hilarious. Oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's about a whole family of aliens who come oh, to Earth. Right. And they they wonder like the the main little baby one is the like the ET character of that movie right and there's a full dance sequence in a McDonald's where the the ET character Mac obviously that's where he gets his name from Mac from McDonald's um, shameless he dresses up shameless. as a bear and does like a break dance on the McDonald's countertop oh my god and he gets his power from drinking Coca Cola so we- so I guess we know how that movie was funded yeah. And interestingly enough, Alan Silvestri, who did the soundtrack to Back to the Future and more recently all of the Avengers movies, he did the soundtrack to Mac and Me. So whenever there's a car chase, it sounds exactly like Back to the Future. The point where it's just, it sounds like blatant, like you yeah. just reused old takes from Back to the Future in Mac and Me. Okay. But that's everything. I had a really extensive history wow. there. So let's get into talking about a, a potential ET sequel cool. itself. Not an unheard of idea, of course, because there were a couple of planned ET sequels. There was. So there was a uh, Steven Spielberg originally planned to do a sequel along with the original writer Melissa Matheson, and it involved Elliot and his friends being abducted by evil aliens and having to contact ET for help. And that idea was scrapped because Spielberg ended up thinking that it would rob the original movie of its innocence. God bless him for his restraint, by the way. Yeah. Uh, lesser men, lesser lesser directors would would have done that. Absolutely. Yeah. For so the money. This was back in 1983 when the movie was already a massive hit. Yeah. The, the studio was just like, you've got to make another one. And he's just like, yeah, absolutely. I've got heaps of ideas. If, this, if that movie came out today, there'd be already an ET universe building at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He'd be part of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But then there was also a sequel novel. So the guy who wrote the novelization that I had, he also wrote a sequel novel called E.T., The Book of the Green Planet. Mm-hmm. And I never read it, but from what I understand, it involves E.T. returning back to his home planet and being exiled by his own kind. Oh, no. Which was a really interesting plot point, I thought. So, I I wanted to work elements of that into my plot without, you know, I didn't steal anything directly, but I just thought it was an interesting idea that he goes back to his planet and they're like, you broke the rules. You're not welcome here anymore. (laughs) Get out. And of course, something you mentioned last week, back in 29, uh, the telecommunications company Xfinity 29. released a- uh, 2019. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Xfinity released a four-minute commercial in which E.T. returns to Earth and reunites with Elliot and uh, his family, his children. Can I just say, that is almost a perfect sequel, other than the fact it's a commercial. That is a perfect I, sequel. I mean, aside from into- our sequels. Of course. We haven't even got into it. But I, I kind of think- you almost don't need a sequel because they did that so well. In that four-minute commercial. In that four-minute commercial, yeah. yeah. Everything that you would imagine would that would happen in a modern E.T. sequel is pretty much in that commercial. <laughs> yeah. So much so that like you could even like take elements from that four-minute commercial and cut it into a trailer. And I could just say, oh, that's the trailer for yeah, my movie. Yeah, and, and it would sell. And it's funny because uh, Henry Thomas, who was Elliot, sort of mentioned in an interview that he would never well he didn't think an, an ET movie would ever an ET sequel would ever happen he hasn't heard our plots yet by the way yeah but he never he said thought, that an ET sequel should never happen yes exactly but he did this commercial because Spielberg signed off on it um, on the commercial and that's right that's and right he because, gave it his blessing because he's the, it had the and they had, had stipulations the as well around the commercial they said that ET had to be a practical effect it couldn't be CGI yep my movie doesn't have the money for a practical effect ET we're going CGI yeah and they wanted of course <laughs> Henry Thomas to return as well. Yeah. And yeah, so that was the whole reason they made it. And I, I watched it. I'm sure you watched it as well. Mm. I wouldn't know about it if you hadn't mentioned it. But I watched it and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sweet. Yeah, fair it's enough. Nice. It's sweet. It's, it's sweet. nice. It's got a good heart. As you said, it's the closest thing we'll get to an actual E.T. sequel. Maybe. But maybe, you know, they'll hear one of our plots and be like, that is such a good idea. Yeah. We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it. I can't wait for you to hear my plot. <laughs> Let's get into what we've got. All right. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can I? go first. I'll go first. So it's funny. It's funny that we're doing this episode because I remember when I was a kid and I really loved the um, 
the E.T. movie. I wrote my own E.T. plot. Really? When you yeah. were a kid? But it was just the same movie again. Did you ever do that as a kid? Yeah, like, except instead of sing- Elliot, it's Maddie D. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'm just I'm just the friend. I'm not the main character. I'm oh, just, you're the neighbor. I'm just another guy on a bike. You're the um, fat kid who lives next door. <laughs> the fat kid. You know, there's always like the fat kid who li- like the chunk from Goonies. I'm not fat. I'm not saying that you're fat. I'm just saying that's your character. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, I'm the chunk character. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I can't do that again, right? So I had to write my own original plot. So here we go. We've got to do what's popular, right? We've got to have a childhood flashback at the start of this movie. To so when E.T.'s a child? Yeah, E.T.'s swinging on the swings with okay. his parents and he falls and he scrapes his leg and uh, his mother E.T. Oh, by the way, I didn't work in at a Kieran and Maddie D uh, cameo into my plot. Oh, no, but me in, neither. in watching the movie, do you remember the bit when uh, Elliot and his older brother Michael steal the van and there's those two guys like clinging on for dear life in that tube in the yeah, back yeah, of the yeah, van? Yeah, 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 that's us. That's totally yeah, the yeah, Kieran yeah. and Maddie D And, and he pulls the pins out. He pulls the plugs yeah. out and sends them flying down the street. <laughs> when I was watching it, I'm like, that's totally us. That's us. That could be us in the hazmat suits. Yeah. Rolling right. around. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at my childhood flashback, we're going to have an original scene from E.T., the first one. It's going to be revamped. Mm -hmm. We're going to, like, you know, de-age some stuff, use some magical special effects here. Get in the same, get industrial light and magic to do uh, the the same effects that they did in the 20th anniversary. Essentially, we're redoing the scene where E.T. will say, don't worry, Elliot, I'll be right here. And he points. I'll be right here. Because, you know, if if anyone does, if anyone's lived under his head. Points to his head, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I always thought it was the heart, but it is no, the head. No, it's the head. So he's saying, I'll be in your memories. Mm, mm. Which I always thought was a touching ending. Oh, I loved it. So that that's how, that's how my movie is going to start. Oh, so we just see that footage again. Yeah, just so everybody knows. Because we're introducing a new audience to it. Oh, also, you don't need to touch up that scene with CGI because they already did that in 2002. So <laughs> just take good. that footage. So I'll just steal that. By the way, I should point out who my director is. Oh, yeah? I'm curious. I think there can only be one director, I think. Steven Spielberg Steven again? Spielberg, yeah. Okay. And I know he's retired. I did so. choose Steven Spielberg. So, if you won't let me have Steven Spielberg, I think it would be Steven, Steven Spiel- Spielberg. Okay, good. Because otherwise it'd be like one of the directors of Stranger Things, whoever that the is. The Duffer Brothers. Yeah, can be them. All right, so now- oh, they're gonna- the creators, not necessarily the directors. There's a bunch they, of different directors. They did, they did direct a few episodes. Sean Astin is one of the directors, Yeah, I that's read. right, because he's in the show. Maybe he can be the director. <laughs> it was Steven Spielberg. That'd be fantastic. All right, so we flash to present day, and, and we're introduced. Reintroduced to Elliot, played by the same actor, Henry, Henry Thomas. Thomas. Well yes. done. Yes, we're bringing we're bringing it back. He's driving with his daughter. That's going to be played by oh, yeah? uh, Vivian Lyra Bear Blair, sorry, uh, who is the young actor who is Princess Leia in the Star Wars. Wait, the Obi the ten year old girl from yes, Obi Wan. Yes, okay, yes, interesting. Yes, yes. Hopefully, she doesn't have to run away from any bad guys because <laughs> it will not be convincing. <laughs> You know, it's an E.T. movie, so she definitely will have to do that. Well, she could probably outrun E.T. <laughs> oh, by the way, in the t- I know I keep talking about yep. it, but in the 20th anniversary edition of E.T., they actually changed it. So instead of E.T. waddling, he hops around like a rabbit. What? Which Why? I think looks so silly. Why? Because he's supposed to be like a frog. So he sort of leaps around like a he frog slash kangaroo. Yeah. Is that why they save the frogs? Yeah, I guess so. They're huh. supposed to. Elliot's supposed to be reminded of E.T. when he looks at the frogs. I thought that was... um. I, I thought that was like E.T.'s connection. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's involved as and well. And he's like it's a massive, massive pacifist. Back to your plot. Anyway, back to my plot, which will be less complicated. So, he's down on his lock and he has to move out of his home. Does this remind you of Ghostbusters? I kind of stole it from Where's that. Where's his wife? Um, out of the picture. So, he only recently had a child. So, even though he's almost 50... Yep. He had a child at 40. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it happens, but yeah. I didn't know any other child actors. So okay. 
this is uh, you know, and by the time I write, by, by the time my movie gets made, maybe the uh, the actor will have aged a little bit. Maybe yeah, we most can, likely we can we can play uh, Elliot to be younger. I think he could pass as um, in his thirties. Have you seen him? <laughs> Did you watch uh, Haunting of Hill House movie or Magic? Uh, Gerald's Game movie Magic. Anyway. So he's down on his luck. He's moving away from his home with his daughter, and his daughter is not happy about the move at all. They arrive in the suburb of the original movie. The house now belongs to Drew Barrymore's character, Gertie. Interesting. Mm. They embrace. Gertie gets along with Elliot's child, and I called her Etty. I tried to find a name that had started with an E that ended in a T that wasn't Elliot, and I couldn't. Etty. So, yes, Etty. Like E.T. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well... Elliot's name is refer- a reference to E.T. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. I'm just keeping the formula going. And he keeps telling her, Eddie, phone home. <laughs> Eddie, phone home. I will when I've finished, you know, basketball practice. <laughs> so they're going to do a few nostalgic things. They're going to go to some old places, see some old pictures of E.T., maybe some drawings. Like I don't think they ever took any pictures of E.T. Oh, no, they did when he was a ghost and he fell over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think like Gertie would have uh, drawn... A picture of E.T. Maybe, yeah. You know, I could see that happening. It's on the fridge. So maybe, maybe like, Etty sort of rummages through and she's like, what's this? Stop laughing at the name. I worked hard on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's like, what's this? So, you know, all, all this sort of nostalgic Easter egg stuff that we're used to in these kind of movies. I like it so far. Thank you. Thank you. All this stuff hits in the feels. Elliot says goodnight to Etty and Etty asks who E.T. was since she heard both Gertie and Elliot talk about it, talk about it, I'll say, in the kitchen. Elliot responds- E.T.'s a boy. Yeah, he is, yes. He is. But maybe they didn't reference it in the kitchen. But anyway, Elliot will respond, don't worry, he's just an old friend. Eddie wakes up to a noise outside her window. Oh, no. She's an adventurous character, so she goes outside to explore. And she sees the the iconic shed from the original movie. Cause still there. They still never there. replaced it. No, nah, absolutely not. It was absolutely so well not. built. It was in the commercial, so it can be in my movie. Yeah, good point. As Eddie stands there with a flashlight, E.T. comes out and hands her some candy. <laughs> <laughs> Much uh-oh, like the first uh-oh, movie. don't take the candy. <laughs> Strangers with candy. <laughs> I don't know where he got the candy. Maybe it, it, it might not be the same candy, but it might be something similar. He Reese's just stole pieces it. pieces in the original he, movie. He just stole it from somewhere, you know. But Did you d- know they originally approached M&M to, to use M&Ms in the movie to be the candy? Silly. To and, and Mars Confectionery took one look at the script and was just like, no fucking way <laughs> using M&Ms in this stupid looking movie. Wow. And so they went with Reese's Pieces instead. And of course, Reese's. Wow. Reese was just like, absolutely, you can go ahead. Yeah. And it, it ended up like being a massive skyrocket for their sales. Yeah. And M&M's, of course, was like, shit. Damn. Yeah. Back to your plot. <laughs> anyway. So, so a stranger, strange alien is approaching yep. this child with the candy. And, like, come with me, little girl. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But it all He's got be- a fake moustache <laughs> and, and a trench coat <laughs> he's, on. He's coming out of a white van and he's hopping. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> They have so essentially in my movie they're going to have the same psychic connection as Elliot did with ET. So oh, Eddie will have that connection with um with ET. They'll do similar stuff to the movie where she'll dress him up. They'll watch TV. They'll do all that fun stuff where they bond. I love the part when he's wearing like a flannelette shirt, <laughs> yeah, and drinking beer around the house. I love the bit where they open the fridge and it knocks him out. Yeah, because <laughs> he's drunk. <laughs> oh, ET! I think you just killed him. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, uh, E.T. to Etty will say the word Elliot, and Etty will Elliot. realize that she has to tell her father about this alien. What does she call E.T.? Nah. You didn't think about that, <laughs> I did didn't you? think about it. Because it makes sense. No, I think she's not going to call him anything until Elliot says that. What about his little name buddy? Is- my, yeah, yeah, my little buddy. Mac. <laughs> yeah, Mac. <laughs> That'd be great. 
yeah, she doesn't call him anything until Elliot tells her what his name is. Or maybe she puts two and two together. Nah, nah, she'll, it'll, be, it'll be her dad. Yeah, anyway, okay. That's coming to this point. So Eddie uh, pulls Elliot into a room and, and into, into the house and says, I need to show you something. But I'll only show you if you admit that I have total power. <laughs> you have absolute power. I have absolute power. <laughs> I have absolute, have absolute power. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, of course, like, Elliot will sort of close his eyes and be like, what are you What are you talking about? And then open his eyes. a spot-on impression of uh, Yoda <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> for no reason at all. Which is funny. I'll get into that later. But finally, we'll have E.T. and Elliot reunited after all these years, 37 or something years, and they'll embrace and have a character-building moment. Did you like there that? You go. No, yeah, 39 years, actually. Oh, yeah, 39. Elliot will say to E.T., you came back. And E.T. will say to Elliot, warn Elliot, they coming. Don't be dirty, Kieran. It was 40 years, actually. Is it? Yeah, it would be 39. Is that all you were thinking yeah, while I was 40, giving you yeah. this big groundbreaking plan? No, I heard that you said that. It, warning, they <laughs> coming. Know, I'm, just, I'm just teasing you. So, uh, 40 years, is it? Yeah, 40 That's years. crazy. Because 1982 was 40 years ago. Yeah. Shit. Wow. Gertie will appear and scream in happiness, causing E.T. to scream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Elliot wants to find out what ET means by this warning, but both um, Gertie and Elliot's cars are at the mechanics. Okay, the mechanic had a deal, like a two for one deal. So. Right, right, right. Okay. The only transport is a push bike. Why did they let Michael try and reverse the car down the driveway again? Michael's Crash. not here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Do you remember that scene? How he's trying to practice yes. reversing. He runs into like the mailbox. He runs <laughs> into the wall. And I never noticed this until this time around. That Gertie's like. She's looking at like the the wrecked uh, driveway, and she's like, "Look what Michael did! He ruined this, and he ruined that." <laughs> yeah. So just like in the original movie, Elliot rides with ET in the basket, and ET points in the oh, wait, direction. They got to get on bicycles. Yeah, because their cars are the mechanics. Why does he have like a, a bicycle with a basket on the front? Does he have streamers on the handlebars as well? <laughs> you know it, man. Only ride in style. So you know, ET's gonna maybe they take a basket and attach it to the bike. I'm just thinking of this. Yeah, now. good idea. Yeah, yeah, great idea, right? And then ET will point in the direction. It's one of those eco-friendly shopping bags. <laughs> That cats yep. like to sit in. Yep. Anyway, they arrive in a field in the middle of nowhere. Remember, there's like a whole forest around yeah, this that's area right. off memory. And there's a bunch of dead E.T. aliens. Oh, my God. E.T. Oh! E. points to them and says, ouch. <laughs> no, he says, gone. Oh, no. Dead. Elliot realizes that something must be attacking these creatures. And they must be either in Earth or coming for Earth people. E.T. tries to revive one of his comrades because, of course, he can heal, but he cannot. They're too far gone. Mm. Elliot finds a box, and inside the box are a bunch of lightsabers. What? But he does not know what they are. Now, in Star Wars Episode one. 3... One. Is it 1? Yes. Where they have the um, the council debate? Yeah, that was in Episode 1. There are ET aliens there. Yeah, I know. So it's in the same universe. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's lightsabers. Even though Michael does a Yoda impression, that kind of ruins it for me. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> it means there's a movie. And also, stars. there's a kid in Halloween who's dressed up as Yoda. And uh, when E.T. sees him, he runs towards him going, home, home. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. <laughs> also, Elliot has a whole bunch of Star Wars toys. In fact, he points out Boba Fett. He points out Greedo, as well as Snaggletooth, mm. Hammerhead, mm. and uh, whatever the other one was called. Yeah, they know their history. Walrus Man. <laughs> But all of those characters have different names now. But yeah, he was showing them all these toys, so that means that Star Wars absolutely exists in this universe, so it could no way exist in the same... He would know what a lightsaber is. He's a Star Wars fan. Well, there you go. They, they have lightsabers. Now, Elliot realises that the bad guys are after E.T. and has to hide him. Okay. They go back into the house. Elliot f- tries to find a way to get Eddie to go to 
her brother's house. Oh, sorry, his brother's house, Michael, who's mm-hmm. now a retired football star. Okay, penis breath. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I haven't watched the movie, so in a while. They call him penis breath? Yeah, that's right. So, so maybe <laughs> when uh, they're trying to work out what E.T. is, uh, Michael suggests to Elliot, he goes, maybe it was a goblin. And Elliot said, it was nothing like that penis breath, <laughs> causing Elliot's mum to go, Elliot. <laughs> so I always just called the brother penis breath. <laughs> penis breath. Because I didn't know his name until recently. <laughs> so they're going to stay the night and then they're going to try to get Eddie to yeah. drive off. And to cast her uh, to penis breath. Yeah, yeah. P- take her to penis breath. Oh, God. Uh, now, during the night, a light appears and it's a spaceship. Aliens that look very similar to E.T., but they're evil looking. They're black ones. A- I mean, like, they're, 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 okay, don't take it out of context. They're right. Like, they've got, uh, like, charcoal-coloured skin and red eyes. Maybe know. just red eyes. Okay, oh, no, maybe they're, like, uh, albino white. Yes. Red eyes. That'd sure. be creepier, yeah, because white is always scarier than black. <laughs> sure, sure. But they're evil looking. They walk down the street like a scene in Clockwork Orange. <laughs> in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, one of them like sack wax the other one. <laughs> okay. They fall into the water. All right. Um, this is going off the rails real fast. Oh, you have no idea, boy. Now, they. I, I was going to have an old man walking his dog, but maybe this can be us. This can be our cameo. Oh, We're walking go. our dog. Okay. Our dog together. You and I have a dog that we share. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The dog's called Potential Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and we're walking along the streets at night, and then uh, and then we see these aliens, these bad guy aliens, and w- one of the leaders points to one of us, I'll say you, and okay. causes you immense pain. Oh, no. Now, Elliot and his family, as in Gertie, are watching from, from inside. Elliot goes to uh, help Kieran, mm-hmm. but, uh, but E.T. stops him. It's just like, don't do it. These, these guys are too dangerous. Another bad guy ET character lights up a lightsaber and decapitates Kieran and Maddie oh, no. D. Wow. Now the- it's played by Kermit the Frog <laughs> and Miss Piggy. <laughs> now, the leader of the bad ET guys, uh, the, the, the lead alien, makes a loud uh, alien noise similar to like the Nazgul's, right? And E.T. is like flinching because he's like in pain. Yep, yep. I'm doing all the sound effects for you. But thank you. I appreciate it. You're like my- um, Michael Winslow. Police Academy guy. So Elliot- I like that I knew who you were going to say before you said it. (laughs) Look at this. It's like we've been doing this for ages. Uh, Elliot and Gertie realize that Etty is gone. Oh, no. We forgot about her. Yeah, we did. And she's actually gone up to the bad E.T.'s because she's brave and tells them to go away. Oh, no. The bad ET, the bad ET leader, levitates Eddie and grabs her by the throat. Elliot looks at ET and realizes that they have to do something. ET lights up a lightsaber, and so does Elliot and Gertie. So, what's funny about this as well is because Star Wars exists in the ET universe, that would mean that Obi Wan Kenobi would potentially exist as well. So, yeah. Etty is the, it looks exactly the same as young Princess Leia. They can cast the same actors. Look yeah. at Marvel. Isn't that weird? Yeah, Marvel does it all the time. Yeah, technically speaking, yeah. Mr. Fantastic is, uh, no, sorry, the Human Torch is uh, Captain America, even though they're not in the same studio. They're not in the same universe, so it doesn't count. No. Now, they all exchange serious looks and go head out to the streets to rescue Etty. Now, at this point in the movie, there's a huge lightsaber fight with many decapitations. Wow. This is really going like in a completely different direction to where I thought it was going to go. The bad E.T. leader levitates. Mm-hmm. So, to counter this, Elliot, with E.T. in the basket, and Gertie go and fly bikes, fly around and start hacking the bad E.T. aliens. Oh, instead of streamers on their handlebars, they put lightsabers. <laughs> so they that would be sick. Lightsabers to their handlebars. <laughs> That'd be sick. It's- and then <laughs> levitate, like, clip past them. Yeah, it's kind of like they're all flying around and they're all having, like, a sword fight, dog fight kind of thing with lightsabers. Wow. Intense. And just meanwhile, the John Williams music in the background. Of course. Of course. It's going to be the same music. 
<laughs> just unfitting. Like heads are falling off. All right. Suddenly, more my ears, more <laughs> your ears. Suddenly, more bad guy aliens appear, and our good guys, our heroes, are outnumbered. Oh no, we think they're doomed. Right? They yeah. can't fight this. Da da da! Suddenly, the original Ghostbusters appear and shoot the remaining ET bad wow, guys. Wow, it's a crossover down. now. Mm-hmm. The day is saved, and they all embrace. Bill Murray congratulates the family for doing so well and asks about E.T. Wait, 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 wait. Is the ghost of Harold Harold Ramis there no, as well? No, he's not there. Egon's ghost there. is there? It's not there. It's, so just, it's just the three. It's just the three, yeah. Winston, I wanted to Ray, fit- and, and uh, Peter Venkman. Yeah, I wanted to fit the, uh, the female Ghostbusters in, but I was like, I'll save that for another time. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So- so they, they sort of say, well, we need to get E.T. back home. But in the meantime, we can we can use E.T. for, for good, right? So Bill Murray explains, Peter Venkman, that is, explains that these that he has started- I an his in- name was Vern. Yeah, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to a previous episode for Ghostbusters that. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Peter Venkman says he started an initiative and that he can use both E.T. and Elliot- in, in this okay. new super team he's creating. Did so- you know I was originally going to do this exact same thing in my plot, but I scrapped it because I was like, this is not the time to do that. I'm so glad that I scrapped it because you ended up doing it instead. <laughs> yep. Yep. So what uh, what Peter Venkman is doing is he's going around checking out supernatural events. Elliot asks, uh, like what? And Peter Venkman explains, well, there's this case I'm heading to. Apparently there are these creatures that can't get wet. Mm. Yes. I thought you were going to say, apparently there's like all these aliens appearing in New York and only <laughs> Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth can stop them. So we're going to team up with them too. So this, uh, so what this is all coming to is we're, we're going to create, this is the start of what will be dubbed the 80s verse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. interesting. And that's where the movie's going to end. So we got a teaser. We've got a cliffhanger. We're going to have more movies. It's going to be great. And we're going to have two post-credit scenes. Okay. The first one will be Peter Venkman in his Ghostbuster uniform warning uh, Elliot and E.T. saying that they need to be careful. They have no idea okay, what's going see. on in this plot anymore. Yeah, well, they, they, like they're walking up to a barn, okay? They, so Peter Venkman's just like, be careful. We have no idea what this thing is. They open the barn doors to reveal a DeLorean. <gasps> oh, my the, God. And the Back to the Future music plays. Wow. <laughs> the doors open and we don't see who comes out. But we see Bill Murray's reaction to it. He looks stunned and says, great, Scott. And just because I want you to have your money's worth, Kieran, okay. we get a second post credit scene. It's going to be set in a strange... And this is where we're going to have the series antagonist, by the way. I'm building, building this whole franchise here. Okay. We're going to see a fantasy-looking sort of set and a gloved hand. And the gloved hand will be balancing a crystal ball along his fingers. Okay. <laughs> He'll look at photos that his minions have sent him. And we're going to see... We pitch- see that he's wearing tights with a prominent crotch bulge. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we're going to see pictures of the dark crystal characters as well as the oh entire... Oh, my God. As well as the entire cast of Stranger thing and Things. And the mysterious figure will say... Dance, magic dance. <laughs> and before you say, uh, you know, that, that actor's dead. no longer there, that's because I can recast this character as Jared Leto. Boom. Oh, that's my movie. Because okay. <laughs> he, wow. everything he, t- he is the minus touch right now. Everything he touched turns to gold. And that's my movie. Wow. That, that is a lot to process. <laughs> you know, when like, just to, just to sort of relate my initial feelings about your plot, I recently got truffle oil as a gift. And I've oh. never made anything with truffle oil before. But if you know anything about using truffle oil to cook anything in it. You use the tiniest amount and it will add that, you know, beautiful, rich truffle flavor <laughs> to uh, any food that you cook. But there's every chance that you can add in too much and then the truffle oil just overpowers everything and uh-huh. that's the only thing you can taste. 
And I used the truffle oil well. You were like, let's just pour the whole bottle into the dish. I'm making a beautiful risotto. I've got like the rice is just right and I'm just about to serve it up. But let's dump in the entire bottle of truffle oil. Because it can only make it tastier, right? Because you put truffle oil on something and it makes it beautiful. You put too much on and you got your plot there. (laughs) But yeah, it was a fun time. I had a good time. Let's hear what you have. Don't expect the same sort of stuff from my plot. You sent me a message that said, I'm so ashamed of my plot. So I... My feelings have not improved since then either. (laughs) I can't wait to tell you all the stuff that I cut out from my plot as well. So just to set the scene here, we've already had your plot, which used a lot of ridiculous over-the-top elements and didn't feel very respectful to the source material, at least in my opinion. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like just in contrast, I wanted to do something that pays homage to the original movie and has like a real message to it as well. Love it. And is a real sort of exploration of the the difference between when E.T. came out in 1982 and comparing it to 2022, because the world is almost an entirely different place. It is. So I really wanted to explore what I thought was important issues and important thematic issues as well. So with that in mind, let's dive into my E.T. plot. So my movie is called E.T. 2 The Revenge. <laughs> Tasteful. And I didn't get uh, Steven Spielberg to return because, of course, he's retired. So I'm getting someone else who's desperate for work, someone who may also be retired, but hasn't made a movie since at least 2005. I got George Lucas, the next best thing. Okay. He's worked with Spielberg in the past. Yeah. He's come up with some great storylines. So he's he's not only directing the movie, he's also writing it. He's getting John Williams back to do the soundtrack. I think it could, you know, it could sprinkle a lot oh, of magic into this. Absolutely, absolutely. Howard the Duck was a fantastic movie. Yes, it was. <laughs> so he's going to bring that same magic here. So the movie opens on a clear starry night and we see the familiar Christmas tree ornament shaped spaceship landing deep in a Californian forest. Out of the ship emerges E.T., who is joined by a female E.T. and a taller, more handsome E.T. <laughs> So just imagine he has a like more a more handsome A more e. like chiseled face. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's taller. His eyes His are neck is longer. Yeah, he's just, uh, statue-wise, he's a bit tall. He's less squat. Right. E.T. points to the nearby city and says, Elliot, and waddles off into the forest. The two other aliens roll their eyes and follow E.T. <laughs> they make their way to Elliot's childhood home and let themselves in through the back door. E.T. excitedly runs down the hallway screaming, I'll be right here. <laughs> but a young Latino family now lives in Elliot's house and they all scream in terror as aliens burst into their bedrooms. Okay. The father grabs a shotgun and chases E.T. and his friends, who waddle in terror back into the woods. My pine! <laughs> I did think of that. But I'm thinking more like the scene in Back to the Future 2 when he jumps into his bedroom, but someone else, another family, yeah. lives there. He's chased out by the, the dad with a baseball bat. <laughs> so similar to that, but, you know, completely different family lives there. Right. The next morning, we're reintroduced to Elliot, played again by Henry Thomas, quite like in your plot. You couldn't cast anybody else. No. Who is now grown up and has a family of his own. Elliot ended up marrying the pretty girl from his science class, whose name is Susie, and she's played again by Erica Eleniak. Cool. They have two children called Jody and Cameron, who are played by Joey King, who, of course, we talked about recently in Bullet Train. Yes. She was the prince, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And Finn Wolfhard, respectively. So, of course, we know Finn Wolfhard from William P. We just talked about it in Ghostbusters Afterlife. True. So, so older kids. Yeah, they're older teenagers. They're playing like 16, 17. Okay. All right. So, Finn Wolfhard is the 16-year-old. Joey King is the 17-year-old. All right. So, Henry Thomas had kids when he was in his 30s. He's now almost 50. Yep. So, it makes sense. Makes sense. Jody wants to be a social media celebrity and spends her time filming herself lip-syncing to pop music for TikTok videos. <laughs> Cameron, on the other hand, has no job prospects and spends all day in his bedroom playing Fortnite and swearing over voice chat. This is all relatable stuff for the kids, Karen. Absolutely. you got to, you know, capture the, the real element of modern youth. <laughs> 
Susie finds Elliot standing in the kitchen staring out the window and asks if he's hungover again. I like to imagine ever since that experience where he got drunk in the classroom <laughs> psychically through ET, he got like a crippling <laughs> beer addiction. He's an addict. He goes to AA. He's an addict. Well, he went through a lot of shit in that first movie. Absolutely. So. I'd be drinking too. Yeah. Elliot explains that he suddenly feels a sensation that he hasn't felt in nearly 40 years. Susie sighs and says, this isn't about that alien experience you had as a kid, right? <laughs> Remember, the doctor said that was just a hallucination from drinking too much tap water at the time. <laughs> Elliot screams. <laughs> what? Elliot screams, he was real, damn it. He came to me. And he storms out of the house. <laughs> so his wife doesn't believe him, even though no. they had this weird The government covered it all up. Uh, but I mean, like that whole experience at school, that can't be explained because she was also acting. Well, under- the explanation in the movie was that he was drunk. Right. Because um, Elliot's mum, what was her name, Mary? Yes. Finds empty beer cans around the house as she's talking on the phone to the, like the principal who's saying Elliot came to school drunk today. Uh, so yeah, the, obviously Susie just presumes that Elliot's a drunk and was since he was ten. <laughs> wow. So we cut back to the three aliens who have now all disguised themselves as ghosts by wearing sheets over their heads. Lovely. So of course ET remembers from the first movie. He's like the best disguise we have is ghosts. <laughs> Can you imagine just all three of them waddling down the street wearing the same ghost costume? I love it. I love it so much. And ET being like, I got an idea, guys. Yeah. They walk from house to house, peeking in through the windows as ET calls out, Elliot. <laughs> an old lady is startled by the three sheet wearing figures and immediately calls the police. Elliot just happens to be driving past at this moment. Maybe he's on his way to a bar after mm. he got into a fight with his wife and double takes at the three aliens. His connection with E.T. has now returned, so he can sense that the alien is under the sheet. Elliot screeches to a halt and runs over to the three aliens. He says, E.T., I can't believe it. What are you doing back here? And E.T. simply replies, home. Aww. Elliot ushers the three aliens into the back of his car and returns home before the cops arrive. Back at home, Susie and the two kids freak out upon seeing their father walk in with three aliens. <laughs> Susie faints, Jody starts crying, and Cameron locks himself in the bathroom. Elliot attempts to calm everyone down and turns to address the three visitors. Now, here you go. Strap yourself in, this, this is wholesome so far, so I'm interested where the revenge part comes in. <laughs> Much to his surprise, the other two aliens speak perfect English and introduce themselves as Orbidon and Magdol. So, what's wrong with a- what's wrong with E.T.? Elliot asks how they learned to speak English so well, and they explain that they learned it years ago while researching life on Earth. Elliot becomes confused and asks why E.T. can't speak English as well. Orbidon sighs and begins a long response. So what's their name again, sorry? Their names- Orbidon and Magdol. Okay. Magdol? Magdol. Why did you choose those names? Uh, they were the names of E.T.'s friends on the Universal Studios ride. Oh, cool. So I just recycled them here. Nice. So Orbidon in the ride is like a mushroom man and Magdol is a flower woman. But in my version, they're just uh, different versions of E.T. Okay. So you see, E.T. species comes from a giant plant planet, quite like Mm. is established in the lore already. Which uses other planets to conduct experiments on how plants react to various extremes. So all over the galaxy, they have these various plants. Like, what happens if we plant plants on a planet this far away from the sun? If we plant plants on a a frozen planet, will it terraform the planet? And so, essentially, Earth is one of their experimental planets, which is why no other planets in the solar system have plant life. It was all their responsibility. Oh, wow. E.T. is their leader's slow child. And the leader insists that they always take E.T. on their expeditions in order to make him feel included. <laughs> so, he can't really, you know, hold a job on their, their plant planet. So, they're like, just, just bring him along. Make him feel like he's one of the adults. <laughs> Jesus. But E.T. would always try and eat the plants they were transporting and would generally annoy everyone. <laughs> So they abandon E.T. on Earth on purpose with the intention of telling their leader that he just got lost. (laughs) 
So that was the plot of the, thir- of the first right. movie. Like, we just want to get rid of him. And this is totally an idea that I had while watching the movie. I'm like, what if all the other aliens were really smart? And E.T. was just like the one slow one. E.T. is really smart, though. Yeah, but in comparison to the oh, other okay. aliens. They're like super geniuses. Exactly. So Elliot laughs and says, that can't possibly be true. We helped E.T. build a communication device out of yeah. an umbrella and a speak and spell. Yeah. And you guys came back for him. Magdal scoffs and said, did you really think... <laughs> That an umbrella could contact an advanced form of alien technology. We just came back because we felt bad. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Meanwhile, E.T. eats dog food out of a dog bowl while Jody pokes at him with a wooden spoon. <laughs> this is going on in the background. So Elliot's like, I can't believe E.T. is an idiot. Turns out he's just eating dog food. Mmm. Elliot then asks, well, why did you come back after all these years? We've lost Manny D. We've killed him. Sorry, I just I just the visual of E.T. eating dog food from the dog bowl. <laughs> so just everything. Okay, continue, please. So Elliot then asks, why did you come back after all these years? <sighs> Magdal explains that while they were traveling through space, they happened to meet four Jamaican astronauts who, ex- who happened to mention oh my God. how much hotter <laughs> their country was these days. <laughs> the aliens did some studies of Earth and they were shocked to discover a large hole in the ozone layer as well as greenhouse gases that blanketed the Earth. Beautiful. you got some themes coming in. Here we go. The dangerous combination of these impacts will greatly affect the climate of the Earth and will eventually kill all life on the planet. Yeah, so we got to get penguins to dance and video it. Yes. Yep. After a short pause, Susie, who is now conscious again, says, we know about that already. <laughs> Orbidon's eyes grow wide and he says, how, how long have you known about this? <laughs> Elliot shrugs and says... About 40 <laughs> about forty years or so. They're just not doing anything about it. Orbidon gasps and responds, you've known about this for over 40 years and you've never thought to do anything about it? <laughs> Elliot says, yeah, we tried a little bit, <laughs> but some things are just really hard, you know. <laughs> Jody turns to the aliens and remarks, if you guys are so smart, then why can't you come up with a way to fix it? And you've got, you've got all these brains. You yeah. surely could have thought of like a, an advanced alien solution. Orbiton smiles and says, that's exactly why we're here. We spent the last few years developing a foolproof solution for you. All you need to do is reduce your fluorocarbon emissions and eliminate your dependence on fossil fuels. <laughs> Elliot's family all groan and say, we know, we've already tried. <laughs> Susie pipes up and adds, it's not something we have control of. Only the government can make those kind of changes. Orbiton then becomes determined. He says, well, then we need to speak to the government. But Elliot interrupts and says, you can't. They'll either shoot you, lock you up or perform experiments on you. Besides, if the government refuses to listen to its own citizens, then why would they take advice from aliens from another planet? Maddie D is nodding sagely. Yeah. Orbidon and Magdal take a moment to look from person to person, while E.T. steals beer from the fridge in the background. <laughs> Finally, Orbidon says, I guess you can't save a planet that doesn't want to save itself. Don't say that we didn't try to warn you. If our calculations are correct, we estimate that you have approximately 30 years left to live. E.T., say goodbye to your friends and let's get the fuck off this rock. E.T., now drunk and falling over, <laughs> presses his light-up finger against Jody's stomach and says, I'll be right here, causing Jody to slap his hand away after groaning in disgust. <laughs> okay, jeez, poor E.T. E.T. and his friends begin to waddle out of Elliot's house. Yeah, his friends. <laughs> and Elliot thinks, well, they're forced to be his friends. <laughs> and Elliot thinks about asking to go with them. But then he remembers that he just paid for another 30 days of Disney Plus and really should catch up on some of the Marvel TV shows that he hasn't seen That yet. is a priority. Absolutely. It gets expensive if you don't uh, you know, get the value out of it. Yeah. As the spaceship takes off in the distance, Elliot turns to Susie and laments, 
Man, I had all of these nostalgic memories of E.T. when I was a kid, and for some reason I thought him coming back a second time would be a good thing. <laughs> Instead, it's just cheap in my original image of him. <laughs> Susie puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Don't worry, honey. Let's just watch a movie, and in no time you'll forget all about E.T. Hey, why don't we finally catch up with Star Wars Episode Nine? Elliot suddenly perks up and says, Is that the one where Emperor Palpatine comes back to life? He's my favourite character. I can't wait to find out how this will impact the plot of the original trilogy. And that is the end Fuck of my you, movie. you, bitter old man. <laughs> well, he's a big Star Wars fan, so yeah. Yeah, he's going in with an open mind. Then he'll love it. <laughs> You'll never know. He might absolutely love it. He might hate it. We'll never know. There's no post credit scene, so we'll find out. No, the post credit scene is just like the end credits rolling. He's sitting there in like, stunned silence. And, and we never find out like really what his opinion is. <laughs> is there a movie where someone watches um uh, the Phantom Menace? They they go they heading off to watch the Phantom Menace, and it ends with them about to watch the Phantom Menace, being like really hyped. Isn't that oh, what's it called? It's like someone's about to die, and they need to watch the latest Star Wars movie before before he yeah, dies. It's called something like Geeks or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I can't remember. It's reminded me of that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. So where, where was the revenge? Who was the revenge for? Uh, or was that a title? That was just a good title. Ch- I actually came up with the title before I came up with the, the plot. <laughs> I was waiting for a, re- a revenge. Well, their revenge is the planet dies. <laughs> <laughs> and we did nothing about it. Wow. So, yeah, that was my that ET was, plot. Uh, that was very strong. I liked it. Had Great. a good message. Now, the stuff that I cut out. Okay, tell me. So, I was going to have Drew Barrymore's character of Gertie and, of course, uh, Michael slash Penis Breath actually <laughs> returning cameos, but I didn't have time to work yeah. them in. I was going to have it that Elliot's mother, Mary, was married to Keys because that's just how lazy they oh, were. Oh, that would be cool. So, they ended up falling in love at the end of the first movie after spending a bit of time together. I'm your and daddy, they, Elliot. And they, and they bonded over a shared hatred of Mexico. Because <laughs> what? In the first movie, a running gag with the mum is like, the mum's always upset that uh, her ex-husband moved to Mexico right. with his new wife. She's always like, he doesn't even like Mexico. And then at one point, just out of the blue, she just goes, Mexico? <laughs> and so, they, they share over a bond. Like, Peter Coyote's character, Keys, like... He may love aliens, but he hates illegal aliens. <laughs> he's just like, I hate Mexico too. <laughs> and so that's how they fell in love. They ended up getting married. And then uh, Peter Coyote's boss in the like government organization he ends up being replaced by John Goodman, who, of course, I work into all my special episodes. He wasn't plots. in this one. But again, I didn't have like the time or the opportunity to work him in because yeah. otherwise you'd be here all day. Yeah. So I removed them. Right. And that was everything. Yeah, That, was that can be for ideas. the extended edition that you'll release. Yeah, exactly. When you I know? do my 20th anniversary special yeah. edition yeah. with the added CGI yeah. scenes, it'll be great. So, cool. dear listeners, who but- do you think had the better ET plot? Yes, who did? Who did? By the way, before we recorded this episode, we had this, we, we brainstormed this John Rambo E.T. plot Oh, that's line. right. We did We're too. like, what if it was just E.T., but it was just like- What like- if E.T. never met Elliot? Yeah. And he was just being pursued by the government and the police in the, the forest, <laughs> like at the start of the movie. And then like, he's, he has to resort to like, <laughs> guerrilla tactics. Yeah. Hiding, setting up traps and like, killing people. That'd be a completely different movie. In fact, that's that's just Predator. Yeah. Oh, it is Predator, isn't it? But, like, the good guy is Predator then. Yeah. Rather like than the other way Predator around. Rambo. It's Predator from the Predator's point of view. Yeah. That'd be a cool movie. Hmm? Anyway. Potential uh, another special episode in the future. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, yeah, let us know. Let us know if you have a an idea for an, an ET idea. sequel. Have you seen some of the other ET sequel ideas? Have you read, like, the, the sequel novel, ET and the Green Planet? Or have you seen the Foreman Xfinity commercial? Or do you just have an idea that's been with you since childhood, like Matty D? 
I'm sure all those ideas he had in his plot were left over from his uh, childhood plot as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can let us know in several ways. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Several places you can reach out to us. Alrighty, so before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. And as is standard, we're returning to another episode of Actual Spoilers, where we go back and we look at a movie that we've covered in the past and see how close we got to predicting the plot. And speaking of 80s nostalgia, we've talked about returning to a, a franchise from the 80s in you know modern day after a long time away, and we explore the characters, how they are in modern day, and how the modern world has impacted them. It's, it's actually quite appropriate, because next week we're going back and looking at how well we did with predicting the plot of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes. Have you seen this movie yet, Matty D? No, I have not. Didn't you watch it as a part of the... No, I did, yes. I completely forgot about that. The, wow. the best and worst of 2020? That, that says a lot, actually. Uh, yeah. Yes, I did watch that movie. I saw it. I don't remember it. Yeah. I don't remember it being I'm remembering good, we'll talk about now, it next week. but I guess we'll talk all about it. Yeah, I don't even remember what we predicted. I don't either. I remember that was hard because it was um, different Bill periods Ted, really, yeah. of Bill and Ted. I remember I was completely wrong, though. Oh, I guess we'll see. I shouldn't speak too soon. Yeah, we'll find out next week. So, yeah, yeah please join us next week when we're going to explore how well we did with Bill and Ted Face the Music. And until then... Thank you, Kieran. I'll be right here. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. There was nothing like that, penis breath. Elliot, <laughs> sit down.